Words from the Hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. Morning, everyone. Morning. Let's turn our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 4. I want us to read this together. Hebrews chapter 4. Let's read together. One to go. Excellent. And the words, the gospel, same gospel, was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So Pisa, it is possible for both of us to hear exactly the same word. And then you will make a lot of it will bless your life it will be such a blessing to you and it will make absolutely no meaning to me it is very possible why the words were not mixed with faith they were not received entirely so it profits you and makes and then you're blessed you go home you're rejoicing your whole week is fabulous because of the word you've received but for me i might leave the entire week empty but we receive the exact same word but faith is not mixed with it. I want us to bow our heads this, this, this morning and say to the Lord, give me the grace to receive your word. Give me the grace, the capacity to receive your word. Speak to me as an individual. Let it not just be a word for another person, the person sitting next to me. Let it be my own word. Speak to me as a person. Speak to me. You can call your name. Say, Lord, speak to me, Fred. Speak to me today. Let the words that I receive be mixed with faith, that it will profit me. The word of God coming out this morning is designed to profit you. But without faith, without mixing it with faith, it might make no difference. So Lord, speak to me. Let the words that I hear this morning make a difference. Let it change my life. Let it renew my mind. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let your word, oh God, flow this morning. I yield myself as an instrument of God. You used a donkey a few thousand years ago. And this morning you can use me. I ask that you speak to your people, O oh God. I ask that you minister to every heart here. I ask, O oh God, Holy Spirit divine, that you open every mind. You open every single person. Let your word profit everyone in the name of Jesus. If you believe that, say amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Bless God for another opportunity to be in His presence. It's always a blessing to come before God. Today we are talking about free will. God is sovereign. And in His sovereignty, He created man and gave man a free will. Free will is a concept that has been debated by so many people. There are people who believe it exists, and there are people who say, no, it doesn't exist at all. That God is sovereign. How can man have free will? For some people, yes, it will work for them. It's possible, but for others, no, no, no. It's human being. It's not conceivable that a human being can have free will. So when the word free will comes to mind, a lot of questions uh, come to mind. and You have questions like, what is free will? Does it really exist? Why is there free will? What is the purpose 
of free will. Is free will even necessary? I want to answer these questions. I want to begin with a quote by Billy Graham. He said, and I quote, The Holy Spirit will do everything possible to disturb you, draw you, love you, but finally it is your personal decision. God gives the Holy Spirit to draw you to the cross. But even after all of this, it is your decision whether you accept God's free pardon or to continue in your lost condition. He added this. He said, this can be accomplished when free will is exercised. Then what is free will? Free will is the, the ability to choose to make an unforced decision between two or more alternatives. The ability to make an unforced, that word is really important. The ability to make an unforced decision between two or more alternatives. Without free will, man cannot be considered as a free moral agent. Free will is therefore a very important concept. This ability to choose between alternative has been in existence for a really long time, right from the Garden of Eden. When God created man, he created man in his image and looked at man and said, you are good. And gave him the ability to make choices. And man has been free from the beginning. The human will is free and self-controlled, having power to yield to the influence of the truth and the spirit, or to resist them and perish. So free will is an amazing concept. It's a really powerful thing. And God, in his infinite wisdom, gave that to man. We'll find out why. Unfortunately, man has misused his free will. There are a lot of, this is the fundamental reason why we have so much evil in the world. You know, something that God created evil. No. A lot of things we'll see, they are born out of free will. Because man has the right to choose between right and wrong. Why was Adam able to disobey God and eat only fruit, the only fruit God asked him not to eat? Free will. Why is, there, why is it that a man will wake up in the morning, he just arise in the morning, look at himself in the mirror and said, yesterday I was a man. Today, I want to be a woman. Free will. Why is there rape and murder and all forms of violence all over the world? And it's not prone to a particular race. It's every human born into this world. Free will. There is just so many things that you hear. You're wondering, is this possible? Why? The same word. Everyone say free will. Free will. Why then would a good God and sovereign God, in his infinite power and wisdom, the God who knows the end from the beginning, why then would he give man such a dangerous thing? Because it seems really dangerous that so many evil on daily basis being conceived in the heart of man. How come there is this thing called free will? The reason is that God created us to love him. That's the reason. It is free will that enables us to truly love God. Why? Love must be free. Love must not be coerced or forced. Remember, free will is the ability to make an unforced decision. It must not be coerced and you must have the option to make it. 
if there are no option there is no free will there is no freedom there is no choice so love must be free in order to be real forced love is contradiction in and of itself if a guy says to a girl i really love you or the guy assumes that the girl loves let's assume the guy loves the girl really well and then assumes that the girl but is forcing the girl to love him back love does not exist in that relationship for love to exist it must be free there must be the, each person must have the choice to choose whether to love or not to love that's the only guarantee that love exists in that place so for this reason god gave man free will because the purpose of our existence is so that we can love him so how can you love god without a free will it's not possible so it is for, it is for the purpose of free will that we are created and it's because of it that we can love god freely if the goal of god is to create mankind without choice he would have bypassed the garden of eden he would have bypassed the garden of gethsemane and then he would have created robots that would just be programmed to sing his praises but that's not the idea the idea is that man in all of himself should lift his heart decide within himself to love god jesus said you shall love the lord your god with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind in matthew 22 verse 37 to be able to do that it's impossible without free will so God himself has given us that choice so that we will be able to love him despite the consequences of the choice. He knows that there will be evil. He knows that there will be a whole lot of things that will happen. But he said, my purpose for creating man is so that man can love me. Therefore, free will became possible. So instead of creating robots, God placed man in the Garden of Eden and gave him a choice. A choice between the tree of knowledge of good and evil so that man can love him without being forced some have said well why don't god create free creatures who would not sin well that does not work it is not possible because to be able to create a free creature that cannot sin it means that you've taken away his ability to make choices so he can make choice after all so free will became really important that god in his infinite wisdom till today cannot remove free will from man so our free will was given to us to love God freely and have the ability to choose between right or wrong, God or Satan, heaven or hell. People don't go to hell because God sends them there. No, no, no. They choose it and God respects their choice. Someone once said, there are two kinds of people in the end. Those who say to God, thy will be done. And to whom? God will say in the end, thy will be done. It's all about choices. So anyone who would go to hell have willed to go to hell. Not because God wants them to go to hell. The Bible says it is the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. So his ideal desire is that everyone will go to heaven. So it's only a choice of a person that can take them away from heaven. So free will becomes really important and something that we need to consider hallelujah i want us to go to deuteronomy chapter 30. let's read that scripture deuteronomy 30 15 to 20. are we there if you're there say free will, free will. 
some another. Are we ready? All right, 15. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. And that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to, to, wait, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments, his touches and his judgments, that you may live and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you'll go to possess. Verse 17. But if, you, if your heart turns away so that you do not hear, and you draw away and worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over to Jordan to go in and possess. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that you and your descendants may live. Verse 20. That you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, that you may cling to him. For he is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give them. Amazing scripture, verse, verse, verse 19 and 20, I'm going to focus more on them. God has given us the choice the choice, this is, this is um, Moses reiterating to the children of Israel. This is right before his death. And he spoke expressly to them about choices, about free will. And he made it really clear that today you have a choice, either to go right or to go left, either to choose God or to choose the devil. And you must make a choice. If I even said the choice is between blessing and cursing. Because free will, when, it, when the choice is made towards God, blessing follows it, accompanies it. But cursing follows when the person walks against the will of God. Something really important, verse 20. How do you choose life? Because verse 19 tells us to choose life. Choose life. Choose life. How do you choose life? In 20, he makes it very clear. First, there are three, in, there are four, three indicators in that verse. Number one is you will love the Lord your God. That's number one. That's how to choose life. Second, you will obey his voice. And the last one, you will cling to him. Everyone say choose life. Say choose life. You will love the Lord your God. These are the three indicators. I want to look at them one by one. I want to spend a few minutes on each of them. You shall love the Lord your God. You shall love the Lord your God. You shall love the Lord your God. Really important. That's exactly the same statement of Jesus that we read in Matthew 22, 37. Where he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. So choosing life involves loving God. How do you know you love God? I want to mention a few points because of our time. I want to, there are a lot of things that can prove or confirm that you love God. But I want to mention just five of them. Number one, if you love the Lord, you will love his word and keep them. If you love the Lord, you will love his word and keep them. In John 14, 21. I'll read a few scriptures. John 14, 21. Jesus said, those who accept 
my commands. I'm reading the NLT version. And obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them. And I will love them and reveal myself to, to them, to each of them. The first part says, those who accept my commands, those who love my commands, those who accept what I'm saying and obey them. Remember, if you love me, you will keep my commands. Those who accept me and keep my commands, these are the ones that have proven that they love me. You cannot say you love the Lord if you don't do what he said. That's basically what he's saying. So the indicator, the proof that you love God is that you are following, you're listening. When he says something to you, either from the scripture or through his spirit, it drops a word in your heart. When you obey it, then you prove that there is love in your heart for God. So you must delight to hear his word and to obey them. Obeying God becomes a thing of joy, something that you want to do, not something that you struggle with. What's the second indicator? If you love the Lord, you will seek his kingdom. If you love the Lord, you will seek his kingdom. Matthew 6.33, Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things of us are dying to get will follow you. And all these things others are seeking after that will follow you. You don't place the cart before the horse. That one must come first. To love the Lord with all our hearts requires that we seek the kingdom of God. We seek his righteousness. We seek what God is about. You'll find yourself putting God first in everything. You have passion for the affairs of the kingdom, for soul winning, for intercessory prayers. You will delight in the things of God, in the activities of God that will give you joy. The third one is if you love the Lord, you will love his house. Most, uh, uh, David said in Psalm 112 verse 1, he says, I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. Please understand this. He's not, it's not just about the physical building. It's about the presence of God. I was glad when they said, let us seek the presence of God. At every single point where you have the opportunity to go into the presence of God, there is joy in your heart. If you love the Lord, you will love his house. I was having a conversation with someone about, oh, should you come to church whenever you want or whenever you don't want? If you love the Lord, that conversation will not even come. You don't even have that conversation because you will be glad to visit the house of God. Just imagine if a guy says to a lady, I love you, but never sees this lady forever. What kind of love is that? It's love that propels you that want to go. You want to spend time with them. You want to talk to them. You want to have a chat with them. You want to laugh with them. You want to spend time with them because love exists in your heart. But without love, it becomes impossible, very difficult task. When they say, let us go to the presence of God. Oh, why, why, why? I'm, and then you start complaining. There will always be a reason why you cannot do this or pray or do something. But when the love of God exists, it propels you to do much more than you can imagine. Point number four, when you love the Lord, if you love the Lord, you will love the unsaved souls. In John 15, verse 16, he says, You did not choose me, but I choose you, and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, 
he may give you. You did not choose me, but I've appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. The love of God propels us to seek after the lost. When you understand that there are 7.6 billion people on the earth and more than half of these people have no idea who God is, then you will seek after. You want to do more than just what you're doing. It takes the love of God to move after, to go after those who are unsaved. Because you know that the Father, it breaks the Father's heart that these ones are going to die. And if they die in their sin, they will go to hell. So you are after what God is after. You are going after them. You are seeking after them, trying to redeem the lost. Everyone say, choose life. life. Point number five. If you love the Lord, you will be a giver. If you love the Lord, you will be a giver. In John 3, 16, this is a scripture we know too well. It says, for God, so loved the Lord, for, the, for God so loved the world that he gave. It's impossible for you to love someone and not give. This scripture is a complete description of that fact. It's impossible. You can say, uh, a guy cannot say to the lady, baby, I really love you, but chichi of my money will not get. It's not going to happen. It doesn't work that way. If you love someone... There must be, you must give to them. You are forced to give. Lovers are givers. And amazingly, people have spoken in the last few weeks. It's amazing how God is constantly saying the same thing. Has spoken extensively about this, about love givers and love takers and love abusers. You can't love and not give, though you can give and not love. It's possible. You can be someone who just give but may not have that love in your heart. But when there is love given, it's a must. You cannot say to someone, you know, um, uh, pro pro pronounce love up to someone, but then you don't give to the person. It doesn't work that way. If you love the Lord, you will give to him. If you love the Lord, you will give to his house. You will support the work of God. If you love the Lord, you will give to other people, not just to the church. You find someone in need. The Bible says when you find someone in need and they come to you and keep complaining and all you're saying to them, you're just blessing them and then praying for them. That's not enough. You give. That's what confirms that there is love of God. And it's not just about money. It's about time. It's so much that you can give. Your presence alone is something worth giving. These are confirmations that we love the Lord. You love the Lord. Remember the first one? What was the first one? You love his word and keep them. What's the second one? You will seek his kingdom. What's the third? You will love his house. What's the third? Fourth? Souls, yes. The fifth one? You give. Absolutely. You are a giver once you love. So these things are really essential. Remember, let's go back to Deuteronomy again, verse 20. There are three things there that he said that indicates that we're choosing life one is that you must love the lord we've talked about that the second one is that you will obey his voice my sheep hear my voice and they obey them once you have love for god once that you're choosing life there must be obedience to the word of god there will always be constantly you want to hear him you want to obey him when you disobey in your mind, you're like, oh my God, I've, I've, I've actually violated this law. I didn't do what God asked me to do. Your conscience will begin to say, no, 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 this is not right. 
So the voice of God is really important. Obeying his voice is critical in choosing life. You can't choose life without obeying God. Adam and Eve fell into the same category. They thought they had life and they, you know, they are going to be wiser than God and they would do a whole lot of things. But they soon realize that choosing the will, the, not choosing the will of God is a very dangerous thing to do. And the last one says, if you love the Lord or if you choose life, you will cling to him by faith. You will hold on to God. Come rain, come shine. You will hold on to God. No matter what life throws at you, you will hold on to God. There's a man that amazes me in the Bible every time I think about him. And that's Job. One of his statements, he said, Though he slay me, yet I will trust him. That's love. It doesn't matter what happens or what does not happen. I may not get that job. I may not get that promotion or that business or that contract. But I will stay focused and clinging to him. It is said, it is a hold, it says, cling. Hold him fast. Don't leave him alone. No matter what is happening, don't go away from him. Cling to him. That is choosing life. It may not, it might seem very difficult, or things are not moving as they should, or that thing you're desiring, maybe a marriage or whatever it is, it may seem as if they are not coming as they should. But don't worry about it. Cling to him. When you cling to him, then you've chosen life. Then you've chosen the good thing of life. Free will is really important. But it's also really important that we choose the right things. Otherwise, it becomes an abuse of that which God has given to us in order for us to love him. Say to your neighbor, choose life. Come on, don't be afraid of them. Say neighbor. Choose life. Choose life that you may live in that verse 20 again in Deuteronomy 30 verse 20 he began to proclaim pronounce the blessings upon those who chose life it says for he is your life and length of days that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to Abraham to Isaac and Jacob God keeps his promise he always keeps his promise he does not falter it might take a bit of time because he makes all things beautiful in his time not in our own time so sometimes a delay doesn't mean that you are being denied of that blessing or that God's word is not holding true no it might delay a bit but he's going to fulfill that which he has said so we must choose life in order to exercise or experience the blessing of God. In order for the word of God to come to pass. Another scripture that I love so much is Luke chapter 1 verse 45. And he said, Blessed is she that believes, for there shall be a performance of that spoken to her from the Lord. So when we cling to God and hold on in faith, then that becomes a performance of the word of God. The Bible says, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith among men? Are you going to keep holding on? Are you going to cling and hold on to him and say, no matter what, I will stay with you? We spoke about love. Love is in degrees. Love is not, not everyone have equal amount of love. But our prayer this morning is that God will increase our level of love for him. 
because it is when that love is increased that you will see yourself you woke up in the morning you couldn't pray before and then you start praying you used to spend five minutes and you said no 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 this morning i'm going to spend an hour with god i want to read the word of god i've not read the bible from from front to end it's like no no this year i'm going to finish the entire book why because there is increment in the love of god in your heart the holy spirit is the one who quickens and makes it possible i want us to bow down our heads now as we pray i want to say lord strengthen me to consistently choose life it is one thing that on monday you chose life on tuesday you chose life on wednesday ah no 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 no. let me do what i want no 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 say lord this week and for the rest of my life let me consistently choose life let there be consistency in my choice whether it's convenient or not whether i feel like it or not let there be consistency in my choice Say, Lord, the free will you've given to me will be exercised in my love for you. I will love you. I will appreciate you. I will hold on to you no matter what is going on around me. Begin to declare the love of God. Begin to say, Lord of heaven, let your grace be poured out. Increase my love for you. Increase my love for you. Let my heart boil for things that, 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 that boil your heart. Let my heart begin to receive that which you want. So Lord, let my heart be an object. Let me be an object of your affection. I choose to journey with you. I choose to live for you. I choose you. I choose you. I choose you. I choose life. I choose life. I choose life. It says, choose you this day whom you will serve. You are either going to choose life or you choose death. If you are not born again, if you have not received Jesus as a personal Lord and Savior, you have an opportunity this morning. It's about free choice. God cannot force you to be born again. But His will is that you will not perish, but that you receive His kingdom. All you need to do is, Lord, I yield myself to you. Jesus, I accept you into my life. Come into my life. I confess my sins. I forsake every, my, all my past ways. Let the Lord become my Lord and personal Savior. That's all you need to do this morning. And believe him. And he will convert your heart. It is the Holy Spirit that does the conversion. Begin to say, Lord, I yield myself to you. Lord, I yield myself to you. I choose life this morning. 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 Grant me the consistency in my choice. Consistency in my choice. Consistency in my choice. Let it not be something I will do this morning and then tomorrow I'm back to something else. So Lord, let there be consistency in my choice. Consistency in my choice consistency in my choice thank you lord thanks for listening to this message from the hills church our mission is to love people connect with family and touch the world learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org